Hello and welcome to the latest podcast for The Lancet Global Health. I'm Richard Lane. This month we're discussing a very poorly understood disease, NOMA. This causes terrible facial destruction and disfigurement in young children in developing countries. But it is poorly understood, so we publish in The Lancet Global Health a case control study from Niger, which aims to find out the key risk factors for NOMA. So to find out more, I spoke to one of the authors of the study, Professor Didier Pitet. Here he is introducing himself. Professor Didier Pitet, I'm actually an infectious disease and infection control hospital epidemiologist at the University of Geneva Hospital and Clinics and Faculty of Medicine. I'm also actually the director of a collaborating center for the World Health Organization, the collaborating center on patient safety, and I'm connected with the World Health Organization on different projects and and uh, different uh, entities. You're one of the authors of a case control study published by The Lancet Global Health, and this is on something that surely is terribly neglected, and I'm afraid to say it's, it's pretty new to me. First of all, tell us what NOMA is and why is it so poorly understood? First of all, it's a rare disease. So it's a disease that used to be more common at the time of World War II or even World War I. There were cases described even in Europe but progressively no more cases described in the so-called developed countries. And unfortunately, today, the disease is only affecting very poor children in very poor countries. Actually, the disease was named by Edmond Kaiser, who founded different NGOs, and among them Terre des Hommes and Sentinelle. Edmond Kaiser, who actually dedicated his life to the poorest in, in the planet, and he called Noma the disease of poverty. It's a really, really disease that is really strange to understand. It currently affects almost exclusively poor and malnourished children, among the poorest population in developing countries. NOMA is, in fact, a gangrenous disease causing high mortality and a devastating facial lesion or multiple facial lesions with very severe functional and aesthetic consequences. What is it about your study, do you think, that is adding to our knowledge of this terrible disease, NOMA? This study is is a difficult-to-study disease because it's a rare disease. So you have to uh, imagine the type of design that is to study a rare disease. So that's why we actually conducted a matched case control study where we actually prospectively enrolled patients with acute noma in Niger in Africa and actually randomized controlled at the same time to get the, the cases and the control matched for the same age at the same time in the villages with acute uh, disease. And our main results actually are in some regards confirmatory. We confirm that malnutrition of the children is of paramount importance in the disease. It was known that malnutrition was a risk factor, but we could even demonstrate that among the most malnourished children, we got the worst conditions associated with NOMA, which is a very bad news, 
But it also could be imagined as a good news, speaking of the eradication of the disease that we may discuss later. We also demonstrated that respiratory and diarrheal diseases would be precipitating factors, but as you know, they are frequently associated with malnutrition in Africa. And we could, because we used what was at the time of the design of the study, the most advanced technique in microbiology, we used this most advanced technique, the so-called microarray techniques, to discover new bacteria or new pathogens eventually, and we applied this technique to the poorest of the poorest, which to me is, of course, absolutely unique. Now, we can say that we didn't solve the mystery of the disease. We hoped initially, and to be very honest with you, Richard, we hoped that we could discover the bacterial agent or the bacterial ag agents would be more than one agent causing the disease and eventually then develop a vaccine. It's not the case. What we demonstrated by this study is that we have an imbalance of the microbiota of the oral gingival flora of these children that could certainly explain for the disease. But we did not find the cause of the disease. And for that, we had to do a risk factor study that included all the parameters uh, associated with uh, the, the way children were living, the way children were eating, or if they were not eating, the season, the previous season, whether or not, you know, they had problem to find food, and so on, and so as well as the typical agents that had been described earlier as potential uh, pathogen for the disease. And actually, uh, this study is absolutely unique in this regard. We could actually confirm that some bacteria that were uh, previously thought to be responsible of disease actually were not, and we could discover this imbalance in the oral flora that uh, could certainly help to design future research. Okay, just unraveling a little bit of that. So what you're, you're saying, obviously, it's a complex picture. It's not straightforward identification of an organism or organisms. It's no. the overall environment, the bacterial environment that, that these children, as you, you're calling them, the poorest of the poor. So, for example, I noticed one of the results that the, the absence of chickens, for example, was a risk factor. Wasn't yes. it? Four number. Is that to do with the microbiology or is that more to do with relative wealth status and, and nutrition? Uh, it has to do with poverty. Because in this region of uh, Niger, uh, I mean, the, the, the chickens are just a reflect of uh, being able to eat meat from time to time. If your father has chicken or if you are in charge of chicken, you can uh, make sure that you will have some proteins to eat at some point. That's what was discovered by this extensive uh, investigation that we did. And what about hygiene? I know hygiene is a particular specialism of yours, and we've done interviews in the past about this. Are you able to identify how much, uh, given that there are so many risk factors I interacting with each other here, how much is um, hygiene and sanitation a factor, do you think? Well, we were surprised by, because, as you may understand, to conduct this study that we actually designed in 1998, 
so that we are talking about uh, 15 years ago, we actually uh, visited uh, several times. The team went uh, several times. Every six months, we had someone or one or two people visiting. And I was surprised by the really good capacity of this very poor population to actually maintain good hygiene in their uh, very uh, rural uh, conditions. Uh, the children actually has have most of the time no um, toothbrush, no, of course, no toothpasta, but they use little uh, uh, sticks in order to clean their 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 teeth. And and uh, uh, in the village, there are uh, the children are usually clean. So the disease has nothing to do currently with very poor condition of sanitation. It has really to do with uh, probably the oral microbiota that is transformed in those children at the time they are going through very severe malnutrition, stunting and starving, and also uh, having the, the bad uh, sort of uh, conditions of being the, the last children of the family or, or the, the number of children. We, we could demonstrate that uh, the higher the number of, of children in the family, the highest the risk for NOMA, even for uh, such a rare disease. So it means that really the conditions in which the children are living are extremely important. We must turn to um, conclusions and what happens next. Do you think the research community needs to focus on the broader issue of poverty reduction? But a lot of has been done within MDGs. I'm not saying poverty has been eradicated, obviously, but there has been progress in poverty reduction in relation to the MDGs. Is a longer-term view about improved poverty reduction the goal, or should the research community be looking at shorter-term solutions? And what's your view on if you like, is there enough momentum and interest out there to, to actually tackle this disease? Well, if you ask me uh, among the neglected diseases, uh, where uh, would I place NOMA? I would say that this is probably one of the most neglected of the neglected diseases. This is really a disease where the economic level is really extremely important to prevent NOMA. Hunger and death should be eradicated from our planet, and this is where we are. And NOMA is a typical example of a global health issue in these regards because it calls for a change in the global governance for global health. We not only need universal health coverage, but universal access to food and sanitation, which to me are uh, nothing else than basic human rights. So clearly, uh, death by starvation, of which NOMA is a sort of iconic figure, it has been called the face of poverty too. Uh, we need to eradicate poverty, famine, and starvation, as, as you said, uh, mentioned and asked by the Millennium Goal uh, Development Goals. And I think that's clearly the way we should go. Speaking of uh, further research interest, it's clear that we need to, it opened, our study opened the door for further explorations, in particular of, uh, you know, uh, some uh, anthropologic conditions in which the children are living, and we will certainly do that, uh, but also into uh, making sure that we could improve the conditions in which those children are living. Indeed. Well, it's a fascinating topic, uh, a, a distressing read, but a very interesting read and really excellent to discuss it with you. And I hope this podcast will help raise awareness of your article 
and get people looking, thinking about NOMA. But in the meantime, Professor Didier Pitet on the line from uh, Geneva in Switzerland. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet Global Health. Thank you. It's a great pleasure. Many thanks again to Didier Pitet and to you all for listening. See you next time.